All right, John chapter 1, starting in verse 19. Turn your Bibles to John 1, 19. And uh, we'll finish John chapter 1. We've been going, or we started. No, we won't finish chapter 1. But we'll do some more in chapter 1. But we started verse-by-verse study in the book of John, the Gospel of John. And uh, I love the Gospel of John because, and I talked about this a little bit last week, that each of the Gospels has a different perspective. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are basically the, the Gospels that tell the story of what Jesus did and what he taught. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But John tells the story of who Jesus is. It's more about who Jesus is than the other. And all the Gospels are about Jesus, obviously. But John has a special way of not focusing so much on the activities and the, the teaching even, but on who Jesus said that he was and who others recognized him to be. And we even started last week in John chapter 1, verse 1, in talking about Jesus in the beginning, the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning and everything was created by him, etc. So right away it starts off by saying, Jesus, not only was he a, a good teacher and a prophet, etc., but Jesus is God, John chapter 1, verse 14, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is God in the flesh, God with us. And that's what the name Emmanuel means, God with us. So we get started right away in the beginning of chapter 1 and not just seeing what Jesus did, but more so seeing who he is. That's why if you ever recommend a, a book for someone, new believer or someone interested in Christianity to read, I always do John first because Christianity is about Jesus and the Gospel of John, I think, portrays him, who he is, the best out of the Gospels. Anyway, chapter 1, verse 19. So it's basically the Gospel is starting not with his genealogy or the history of how he was born, but again, it's starting about who he is, really. And there was someone that came to testify about who Jesus was. And that person's name was John, not to be confused with John who wrote the Gospel. It says it at the top, Gospel according to John. But this is John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, before Jesus and John the Baptist were even born, John the Baptist, his, his mission in life was to prepare the way so that people would be able to be ready to receive Jesus Christ. That was his whole goal in life. Where's that water? Rehydrate. Can I hold it over here? Big round of applause for Lynn tonight, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) So what we're going to talk about today is we're going to focus in Yes, on Jesus first, but this is also the story of John who was declaring or preparing the way for Jesus. Why are we focusing on that? Because all of us, in one way or another, are called to be like John the Baptist. We're, We're called to be like Jesus first and foremost, right? You know, Jesus is our example, but there's other guys that are example. How is John the Baptist our example? It's simple. John the Baptist pointed people to Jesus. So we're meant to be like Jesus in that 
we live for God, we honor the Father, we led by the Holy Spirit, we sacrifice for others, etc. All those things Jesus did, but we're not Jesus. All right, we're not even claiming to be him. He's our example, we're trying to be like him, but we're not him. We can, however, be very, very similar to John the Baptist in the sense of pointing other people to Jesus Christ. And that's what we're gonna learn about today, John the Baptist. Verse 19 says, this is the testimony of John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? So they're asking John the Baptist. Why were they asking John the Baptist who he was? You guys, John the Baptist came before Jesus came on the scene. Before Jesus was even a public figure, if you can use that term, John the Baptist was a popular public figure. He was out, he came from the wilderness, he was crazy. Like not mentally crazy, I don't think. Maybe he was, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. But he definitely was different. He had uh, camel hair as clothes, okay? He probably wouldn't have been on TV being a TV evangelist in these days with his camel hair. I don't know though, you've got some crazy stuff today. So he, had, he ate locusts and wild honey. He, he wasn't a social person really. He was actually a prophet like the prophets from the Old Testament. Most specifically like the prophet Elijah who was also a very dynamic type of person that called down fire from heaven and everybody was afraid of him except for Jezebel and some of the others. Anyway, John the Baptist comes out and everybody was coming to him to the Jordan <coughs> and we know this from the other Gospels and they were coming out and also from John, they were coming out to be baptized by him and to hear his message. He preached a message. His message had one point. You know, you have preachers and you have three points and some illustrations. Not John the Baptist. John the Baptist had one point and one illustration. His point was repent. His illustration was be baptized. <laughs> That's pretty good, huh? <laughs> so here he was. That's, he was in repent. What does repent mean? It, it, the simplest way to say it is change direction. The nation was heading away from God. He's saying, turn back to God and be baptized to prepare yourself for he who is coming after me, whose very shoes I am not worthy to even uh, tie his shoelaces. So he was basically preparing by preaching and baptizing the people's eyes, minds, and hearts to look towards as he called him later in the passage, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. John the Baptist, he can do a lot of good preaching, but he can't take away the sins of the world. We can do a lot of good missionary work and evangelistic work and social work. We can't take away the sins of the world. We can't, I can't make a single people, a person joyful in their hearts, can I, by myself? I can tell a joke and that might make you laugh, but you're gonna go home and cry because of all the other stuff. <laughs> right? You're laughing now, but there's a tear. It's like the new emoji with the laugh, smile and there's the tear still. The only person that can change your heart is Jesus Christ. That's why all preaching and all churches and all missionary work and all social work, if it doesn't have Jesus as the center and goal, will ultimately fail. 
It doesn't mean there's not good things done along the way, but the ultimate goal is for people to be changed by Jesus Christ. Otherwise, what good is it? We used to be missionaries in Uganda. We were there for 10 years. And there was a lot of people that would come over and do good deeds, and we were thankful for that. They would build wells and feed orphans and all this. And some of them would preach about Jesus and some wouldn't. And the ones that wouldn't, I would say, well, what? if Christians, I'd say, why don't you incorporate Jesus somehow? And they would say, well, we don't want to offend people or whatever. And then I would just ask them, like, genuine question for them. You do all these good things. You feed someone. You build a well. You do all this good work. That's great. We're happy about that. But what's going to happen to this person in 20 years, 30 years, 100 years? 100 years? I don't want to be a downer, but probably going to be dead. <laughs> then they don't give a care about the well that you dug. They don't, they're not going to remember the beans and rice that you fed, even though those are good things. I'm not even saying they're bad. All of this, everything in life, it, it all should point to and come down to one thing, Jesus Christ. And if, that, if he's not the center of what we're doing and what we're about, we are failing in our mission. So John was doing a good thing. He was baptizing, he was preaching, but everything was done with the ultimate goal of people being connected to Jesus. In fact, later in his ministry, John's disciples, he had a, lot of, he had a big following, he had a lot of people. He had a lot of personal, he had disciples that would come after him and learn from him. And they were getting uh, a little bit jealous when Jesus came because they said, more people are following Jesus than you know. <laughs> so imagine you build a church and the church grows and there's a hundred people at the church. And you're like, wow, look, there's a hundred people here. Or a thousand or a million, doesn't matter. And then all of a sudden here comes somebody else and everybody goes and, and leaves and now they're following them. How does that make you feel? Well, if it's with churches, here's my honest opinion. If that church is exalting and glorifying Jesus and bringing more people to Jesus, I'm glad the people are there. You understand that? When I got friends that are complaining about other churches, because pastors complain about other pastors. Do you know this? You go to pastor's conference, they talk about their struggles. Oh, there's a... And they, you they talk about their struggles in their hometowns. Oh, man, it's terrible. There's this church in town that just started. West Church. No, no. And so these pastors will be complaining. They'll be like, you know, I just get so upset with them because, you know, they're not doing it like we are. They're not, uh, you know, they're not um, doing discipleship classes or whatever they're doing. And yet their church is growing. I say, what are they doing? They're always out, you know, preaching the gospel and giving out food and helping the poor and all these things. You know, what they really should be doing is in studying the Bible in their classrooms or whatever. And I, and in one, in one church in particular, this guy was talking and said, you know, I really don't like them. I don't think they're doing a good thing. I said, well, are they heretical? Do they teach bad doctrine? I mean, not really, but they're not strong doctrine like us. The other week, they, they, that church in particular had had a baptism. 150 people got baptized at that other church. And I said to my friend, man, 
How many people got baptized at your church last week? You know what I'm saying? If people are preaching the true gospel and people are coming to the Lord, they may not, they may not stay in that church forever. They may not get the deep discipleship they're going to get here or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we're, we go in depth in the Word of God. Not like those other... Hey, here's what I believe. This has come up a lot actually the last couple of weeks. There's different seasons in different churches. That's not a bad thing because the Bible says there's one body. There's one church. You realize that, right? There's one body. There's one Lord. There's one faith. There's one baptism. There's one spirit. Not a, a hundred or whatever there is in uh, Bradenton. And each one of us congregations are, are filling a part in the body of Christ, a hand and a foot, an eye, a, a mouth. And some churches are better, I'm just going to say this, they're better at evangelism and preaching the gospel. Some churches are better at discipleship and in-depth Bible study. Some churches are better at worship. Some churches are better at, um, what other things? Feeding the poor. Some churches are the best at meeting on the beach. And I think there's seasons where people, you know, people go from church to church. Now, if you're doing that all the time, when something offends you, you go to another church and you're bouncing around all the time, that's not a good thing. But I think there's seasons in different congregations. The Apostle Paul, for example, you know, he got sent out from Antioch, but his home church became a lot of different churches. When he left Ephesus, they wept and wept. Because he was their guy. He was part of their church. I'm getting off the topic. But um, basically all this started was when I said, John the Baptist, when his disciples said, everybody's leaving and going over there. Because that was Jesus. And I'm saying if a church is exalting Jesus more, that's where we want people. So John the Baptist said, Famous words, you remember them? He must increase and I must decrease. Whenever this starts to be about us or about me or about anybody else, fail. <laughs> we failed. If people start to recognize us, fail. I mean, they're going to recognize, you know, they're going to hear about it, but if uh, if anything in this church or among any of us takes priority over Jesus himself, fail. When they hear about West Church, they hear that's a church. Jesus is the center of what they do. That was the introduction. How long did that take? Dang, man, what the... Verse 16, I mean 19. Now we're going backwards. This is the testimony of John. So they asked him, who are you? Why did they ask him? Because the huge crowds were following him. They were following him. They had left the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the teachers of the day, the people, their service had two people in it and John's service had 2,000. So they asked him, who are you? 
Can I give you, how many points do you want? Three? Three? Three, let's do three, quickly. I understand the introduction was too long. What? Oh, no, it's okay. I must decrease. The question, so three things just to remember of application, because John the Baptist, what I was getting with, at with all this, John the Baptist pointed people to Jesus. We want to be a church and a pe individuals to point people to Jesus. Three things that would be helpful from John the Baptist to help us point people to Jesus. Ready for this? Number one, be honest about who you are not. Do you hear what I said? Be honest about who... You can say that another way, be honest about who you are, but I want to do that number two. First of all, be honest about who you are not. Why do I say that? Because listen to what it says here, right in our passage. Who are you? Verse 20. He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, <coughs> I am not the Christ. You're looking for Jesus here? You're not going to find him. That's not me. And they asked him, what then, are you Elijah? Okay, you may not be the Christ, but let's go to second best. Elijah, remember I said the prophet? He said, verse 21, I am not. Are you the prophet, he said, they said. Moses talked about a prophet who would come. He answered, no. So you see, the first thing that he starts with is who he's not. And we need to get this through our heads. I'm going to say something that this might offend you or it might make you laugh. Or it might make you cry and be depressed. But I'll explain myself. Because all your life you've been hearing, you're so special. You're, un you're great. You're unique. Okay, that's true. You guys all look great, all right? You're special and unique. But in the grand scheme of things, it, us as individuals really are not that special compared to Jesus. Right? Can we agree with that? So I'm going to tell you you're special, all of you. You're so great and special. But really, to be honest with you, God can use anybody to preach his message. You understand that? He used a donkey. You knew that was coming? At least I didn't say ass. He used an ass. King James Version. You know... You're special. You're made in the image of God. God bless you. Your mommy always told you that. There you go. Okay. But John the Baptist is doing something very important. He's recognizing that in himself, by himself, he's really not the Christ. He's not Elijah. He's not even the prophet, generic sense. Okay. But that's a good question to ask ourselves, who are you? And I think we've been, I'm not going to go on too long about this, but I think there's, especially in our generations to come, there, everybody's telling us, you know, you can, you are so, you can do anything you want, you put your mind to. And I think sometimes it leads to a bunch of selfish little people running around who think the world is all about them. It's not. But you are special. <laughs>
No, I'm not the Christ. No, I'm not Elijah. No, I'm not the prophet. Then who are you? Verse 22. So number one, be honest about who you are not. It's okay. And I heard the, a preacher say this one time and it made me think about it for like a week. It's okay to be average. Did you understand that? You don't have to be the best. You don't have to be recognized everywhere you go. You don't have to be up on the pedestal. And for some pastors like myself, it's good to hear that a lot of times. If you want to be in ministry, sometimes it's better when people don't know your name. Number two, embrace who you are. So he was, John the Baptist was special. In fact, because of his humility, I'm talking about humility in that first point. I hope you got that one. I, don't, I didn't offend anybody unnecessarily. Even in humility, Jesus said about John the Baptist, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John the Baptist. Wow. So the more you humble yourself in your own estimation, the more God exalts you in his estimation. That's why people who are prideful, God resists. And people who are humble, God exalts. This is the way it is. That's the point of John the Baptist, who you're not. But who are you? Tell us who you are, that we may give an answer to those who sent us. Verse 22. What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. What did he say about himself? I am the one who is telling you about the greater one than me. In, in other words, it doesn't really matter who I am. It matters who Jesus is. And those who were sent from the Pharisees, and when they asked him, saying, Why then do you baptize if you're not the Christ, not Elijah, nor the prophet? And John said, I baptize with water. But there stands one among you whom you do not know. It is he who is coming after me. He's preferred before me, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. And these things were done in Bethabara, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. So what is he saying? They're basically saying, why are you doing these things if you're not the Christ or, or the prophet or Elijah? And he says, in summary, I'm doing these things so that you can recognize the one who's coming after me. That's Jesus. All right? Number three. Number one, be honest about who you are not, so humble yourself. Number two, Embrace who you are. You have been called by God for a special purpose. There you go. You're special. So am I. You have been called for a special purpose. And that special purpose is to be the voice. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. The purpose is be the hands and feet. John the Baptist didn't just preach. What else did he do? He baptized. He was a voice. He was also the hands and feet to prepare the way for Jesus. Number three, most importantly, you want to be effective in leading people to Christ, and that is, number three, reveal Jesus Christ. So, enough about who we are or who we aren't, because God could elevate you highly so you're uh, an influential person, or God could not even have your name be recognized at all. It doesn't matter. What matters is revealing Jesus. And that's in verse 29. 
The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he who said, of whom I said, After me comes a man who is preferred before me. He was before me, and I did not know him, but that he should be revealed to Israel. Therefore I came baptizing with water. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. He remained on him. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and, and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified, this is the Son of God. You guys, we all know about Jesus now. Even someone who's not a Christian, they know about Jesus for the most part. Back in that day, they had no idea who Jesus was. He was just another one of the, the guys with the beards and the long hair. Have you seen the pictures of the bros? The Chosen. Have you seen The Chosen? Just, you know, he's just an average looking guy. And that's why even John the Baptist, here's, a tr here's something trippy. Even John the Baptist didn't know exactly who Jesus was when he came. God told him it's the one that you see the dove coming down on. So here's all these guys with beards and I don't know if they had long hair. Did they have long hair? Long blonde hair and blue eyes? No. <laughs> Here he comes. And the dove from another gospel, you know the story about that. It comes down. Holy Spirit, you hear a voice from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hey, my water. Did Lynn tell you to take that? Okay. You can take it then. And then he said, okay, everyone, imagine the speech with thousands of people. Who's going to be John the Baptist? Michael. He's got the camel hair. And uh, he's out there in the water. And people are being baptized. Thousands of people. This is the one. So everybody's listening to John because he's preaching. Here he comes. And there's someone coming. Just a random looking guy. The Bible says in Isaiah that he had no, no form or appearance that we should desire him. He wasn't like glowing or floating or haloing. It wasn't like Gandalf in the Lord of the Rings where he's riding with the, you know, the. that's later maybe. But here's the normal guy. And there's a dove and the voice and everybody's freaking out. This is the guy. I don't want to spoil the rest of the story, but he comes and get baptized by John. And John's like, I should be baptized by you. He says, no, you have to do this. And he's baptized. And then boom, here comes Jesus onto the scene. But we're going to end there for today because today's message was about how do we effectively present Jesus to Manatee County? Remember who we're not. We're not trying to be, okay, as a church, we're not trying to be other churches what they do. I was just talking to Gavin today. I like the motto, keep it simple. What's your church? Keep it simple. West Church, keep it simple. <laughs> you know, we're not trying to do all the flash and stuff. Remember who we're not. But also remember who we are. Acknowledge who we are. We've got a job to do that's special. And then third, 
help to reveal, be the voice and the hands to reveal Jesus Christ.